0: Welcome back to another episode of the Movie Nights nice Podcast. My name is Dalton Burdett, and if you're watching, this is because you want to hear my uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. And uh, joining me today, we actually have a little special guest, everyone, you know, all seven of you. Um, something that I want to start doing on the show is not only just bringing in different guests every week, if I can. Sorry if you hear people working, by the way, I'm at the, and forgive my whole appearance, I'm at a new place, we're still not done moving. But uh, something that I want to start doing is bringing more people onto the show just to get some fresh perspectives and especially just people who love movies, love this kind of stuff. And right now I'm with someone who is a, want to, a kind of wannabe film student, film enthusiast. He's young, he's fresh, he's hip, and he's here to talk about movies. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Heiler. Chris, how's it going, buddy?
1: Uh, It's going really well. Thank you for saying that I at all have an interest in film. That was actually really nice.
0: (laughs) No problem. No problem. You know, just got to tell the the good people what needs to be said. And, you know, the truth. God, they won't stop out there. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to mute my mic whenever I'm not talking. But, uh, yeah. So, also, sorry for, like, the, you know, the grainy zoom camera stuff. Just that I'm not nearly ready to start setting up everything because I'm still editing a very, very long movie. And uh, once that gets done, we'll get back to normal. Jeez, they will not stop, of course, right when we start doing this, Chris. But uh, yeah, so we have a lot to cover today. And then at the end, I'm going to, you know, hit Chris with a little interview-style thing just so you guys can learn more about him and his interests and what he likes specifically. But uh, we're going to go ahead and kick it off with our first story. This one I'm pulling from Deadline. Uh, Apparently, there's going to be an Adams Family TV show coming from none other then tim burton this is sort of a match made in heaven that i'm surprised hasn't happened yet but not only is it going to be a tv show it's going to be a live action tv show and it'll kind of be the i think it's the first time tim burton's even dabbled in tv at all and uh, if you read amongst the reports and the exclusive um several streaming services are bidding to get this project because obviously they're like tim burton's doing adam's family oh shit we need to, everyone just spend everything get it get it now and apparently it's going to take place in modern day from the perspective of Wednesday Adams, And it's being shopped around the different streaming services. So, Chris, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think of this happening? And do you think that this isn't a good or interesting choice?
1: This is interesting because not only do I love Tim Burton, like I love *The Nightmare. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas is one of my favorite movies. I love that. Um, but also like all his other stuff, like uh, I, I don't know if I want to show you, but I have a little pop that's the scene from batman uh, uh oh yeah right? yeah the
0: the uh, the 89 batman with yeah the you know, that, joker yes yeah it. where
1: they're where they're fighting
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: and i also love the adams family i was never into the tv show but i was into the musical because that was a musical we did one year in my school when i was in yes, it yes
0: very cool um
1: and so i i really like the adams family so i'm really excited for that i am cautious did because did you see the adams family movie that came out last year I didn't.
0: I did not see that. It was
1: really bad. (laughs) So I I am excited that it's going to be from the perspective of Wednesday because she's not only the most interesting character, also the musicals from her perspective. And while I didn't like the movie that came out last year, she was the only interesting thing about it. So I feel like she should be the character that you focus on. So I'm actually really, really excited for that. Uh, Not just because Adam's family, but also Tim Burton. And not just because of Tim Burton, but also Adam's family.
0: Yes. And, uh, you know, cause I, I'm Tim Burton's hit or miss for me, but the things that I like that he's done, I don't did. I don't just like, I like, I love them. Like I love his two Batman movies. I love Beetlejuice. I love Sweeney Todd. Like, so the stuff that he's done that I enjoy, I really like, except, you know, he also did, you know, uh, what's it called? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which scarred me. So it's like, there are some things where it's like, eh, I think he's great here. I think he's not great here, but this Adam's family just seems like the perfect thing thing for him to tackle and uh, I'm for one like you I'm very excited about this and I'm curious to see what all they're going to tackle like if they're if you know we're going to hear anything about COVID because apparently it takes place in modern times how modern is it going to be so you know we'll we'll see and uh, yeah and I wonder he's probably going to direct every episode or at least the pilot I wonder how much he's actually writing though because that information wasn't really prevalent in the article that's probably not a word oh well but uh but yeah no so we're gonna go ahead and carry on to our next story and this one I saved for a few reasons what the the headline of the story is there's going to be a Battlestar Galactica movie based off of the old tv show and the old miniseries you know big and sci-fi and uh, it's going to be written and produced by Simon Kinberg for those of you who don't know, Simon Kinberg is a writer and producer of many of Fox's Marvel movies. He did a bunch of X-Men movies. He did some of the Fantastic Four movies. And while as a writer and producer, he's pretty decent, he's only directed one thing before. And that was Dark Phoenix, which Chris is one of the seven people on planet Earth who likes that movie. So now he's not directing Battlestar Galactica, at least it says that they're not pursuing him as a director. But as a writer and as a producer, he's very good and he's very talented. So While I've never personally watched the series before, I know of it, and I know its basic premise, and its basic premise is very fascinating and very thought-provoking. And, you know, this is the guy who wrote Days of Future Past, so he knows how to tackle subjects like this. So I am curious to see this movie. It'll probably get me to watch the show once I start seeing more things of it. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on Simon Kinberg and Battlestar Galactica, and, you know... I had to throw in Dark Phoenix some there just to just to get the conversation going. But uh, yeah, go ahead and give me some of your thoughts, Chris.
1: Uh, yeah, real quick, just before I get into that, I just thought this was funny because you mentioned Beetlejuice and I'm literally wearing a Beetlejuice shirt right now.
0: Oh, I oh dude, that's so awesome. I didn't even uh, see it.
1: Yeah, it's from my, my theater thing. We make T-shirts of like different oh. movies and plays. And this one was Beetlejuice.
0: That is uh, so but moving
1: on. Uh, I don't really know anything about Battlestar Galactica. The only thing I know of it is what I've seen from The Office, so I huh. really have no knowledge of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, though I do, I, I don't know a lot about Simon Kimberg, though I do love X, Men: days of future past. So if he writes it like he wrote that movie, it'll be amazing. Uh, and while I I do accept that Dark Phoenix is, a not, is not a good movie, this is what I say about this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is what I say about the movie. It is sixty percent a good movie, and it is thirty percent a bad movie. Or no, it's forty percent. Sorry, I did math wrong there. It's forty percent a bad movie. <laughs> it's fine, you wanna you wanna split here as a 50, fifty. No, fine, 40, 60, good bad. All right, there there are a lot of bad things. And but one of the things that I think is actually good is I do like how he directed it. And I like the fact that he sort of owns up to it now. Because like anytime people he does. talk, he's that like that is true he's like, that's what I wanted to make, and if you don't like it, that's fine, and, that, and that's one of the things I really respect about him, so I'm excited for that. I don't really know anything about this, so I can't be too excited, but uh, I, I I will look forward to seeing, he, he has my attention after Dark Phoenix.
0: Yeah, And uh, but basically, like, the basic, if you, like, spark note premise, the Battlestar Galactica story, it's basically, it, there, it has tons of lore that, like, you know, humanity was split up into 12 different sections, and Then this race of people started taking out humans. And basically when the miniseries starts, there's only one ship left of of all human beings. And the ship is called the Battlestar Galactica. And they're trying to defeat the alien race that's been wiping them out. And so, but apparently there's tons of lore. There's tons of backstory, which make it interesting. And I haven't watched it, so I can't speak to it. But I've spoken to people who have watched the series and they say the thing that appeals to them is the deep lore that it unveils as you watch it. So that's very interesting to me. So at some point I'll watch the miniseries, some of the show, and I'll definitely see the movie when it comes out. But uh, yeah, I just thought that, that was, I thought that was pretty interesting that he's yeah. going to get involved in more things. Uh, we're going to go ahead and plow on to our next story. This one comes to us from the Hollywood Reporter. This one's interesting. The Meg came out either last year or two years ago. And Eighteen. It, Eighteen. And it made a lot of money. It made so much money that they're gonna make a sequel. But not only are they gonna make a sequel, they got Ben Wheatley to direct this thing. And for those of you who don't know, Ben Wheatley is an independent filmmaker. Uh, He's made a lot of stuff over in the UK. He's directed some Doctor Who episodes and uh, he also made a movie a couple years ago called Free Fire, which was hit or miss for me, but the Ben Wheatley aspects of the movie, if you will, I enjoyed very much and you can tell that he has a style he has a sense of what he likes to do and he's very you know down to earth in that way and he's he knows when to be ridiculous like in free fire for example it was like a shoot 'em up type movie and whenever a bullet would miss it would do like the western like pew like the sound effects and it was so awesome but the fact that he's going to be making the meg 2 just blows my mind that they went out cuz like normally with this kind of movie you'd get a filmmaker who's just good at you know big bombastic blockbuster things but they got somebody who's known for being the exact opposite and i think you can pull it off well but my the thing in my head is like are they trying to make the meg too like a good movie <laughs> like what are they, what are they doing <laughs> so um and jason satan is supposed to come back but i just thought that you know getting this filmmaker for this type of movie was an interesting choice And I wonder if he's just going to go to that style or if he's going to incorporate that style into his type of filmmaking. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this and just, what are your thoughts on, you know, Ben Wheatley doing it and just the Meg two happening in general?
1: Yeah, I, I I did see the Meg. I didn't see it in theaters though. I saw it uh, at home Uh, and, you know, Meg is superior to Jaws, all right. So, uh, really excited for.
0: Okay, so that's all we had time for, Chris, for today. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do that. That was good. That
1: was good. I do, I do like both of those movies, but I, I did think it was really fun. I thought it was pretty silly. Um, I didn't think it needed a sequel. So this is gonna be interesting. Um, I hope it's not like a Jaws two where because that movie kind of has a sense of finality by the end so i don't know if there's really anything they could do with the sequel so I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it uh i don't know anything about ben wheatley so i can't really say anything what he would do um but but like in terms of a sequel to the meg i don't i wasn't asking for it but you know maybe i would want it i mean i wasn't asking for a solo han solo movie but i love that movie so
0: yeah there you go see that's kind of exactly how i feel about it too and I got a feeling we're going to be surprised when we watch the Meg 2 that it's it's not going to be like a impactful drama, but I think that it's going to have bits of characterization to go along with the crazy bombasticness of what's going on. Like, I honestly, I hope there's two Megs, except in a different way from the first movie. Like, we know there's two when the film starts. That would be very
1: cool. Or it would be really cool if they have... This is an idea, I'm thinking, but what if there's like a, a Meg and it's like the... Like halfway, th- half of the movie, it's like the big thing they have to kill, and then they're getting close to killing it, and it like lashes out, and it's about to kill them, and then another megalodon swallows it, and then it's even bigger, and then this is the now thing, this is now the thing they
0: have to kill. <laughs> Just like the first one. Just like the first one. That'd be so great. That'd be so great. Um, going on to our next story. Now th- this one was like a small thing that was pulled out of a different headline about uh, MGM. And basically someone was talking about MGM Studios and you know, like the different decisions they have to make. And then randomly in the bottom, it said upcoming projects that MGM has are Creed Three, which Michael B. Jordan is in talks to direct. And that came from Deadline. And it was like, whoa, 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 Michael B. Jordan's gonna Mike direct Creed Three. Hold the phone for a second because well, you know, we know that Ryan Coogler wasn't going to come back for Creed three, and we know that the director of Creed two probably wasn't going to come back. We didn't even really know Creed three was happening, but Michael B. Jordan has expressed interest in wanting to be a director for a long time. He's produced many projects before and has an understanding. He's good friends with Ryan Coogler. He's made several films with him. He knows sort of how a directing style kind of works, now, Creed 3, because, like, I get nervous, like, when a first-time director directs a movie that has, like, a huge budget. Like, that's what scares me, kind of like Simon Kimberg with Dark Phoenix. I'm like, yeah, direct something smaller to kind of get used to the idea first. But the good news about the Creed movies is their budgets aren't crazy. They're relatively small. They're not indie by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not big movies either. And with his experience being in front of the camera with this franchise... I'm just kind of interested. I'm not necessarily nervous. I'm just like, all right, if he does, in fact, direct Creed 3, which isn't officially confirmed, I'm just curious to see how he can handle that movie and see what he can do with it. You know, what, what, how can we see Creed differently through his eyes specifically? So basically, I just wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on Michael B. Jordan just decided to take, to take a swing at directing, if it happens, to take a swing at directing? And do you think that a movie like Creed 3 is the right choice for his first time?
1: uh well i first off i'll just say i like michael b jordan there's a lot of things that he's been in that i like uh, you know amazing amazing job and fan four stick his best role ever um just the way you and, set
0: that up was so good <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but I, I i don't know a lot of what he's been in and i, I don't really have the best sort of uh, Appeal of him just be first off a fan four stick, and then there was also. Um, did you ever see the Fahrenheit four fifty one movie with him in it? I did not actually. It was not that good, so That's what he I was heard. okay in it. He was okay, mm-hmm. uh, but the thing that really like sort of sold me on the fact that I'm, I'm worried about him was there was there was a show made a while ago called Genlock. Have you heard of that? Uh, he 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 voiced in it, and the the thing is the show was all right the problem is he just sounded like he wanted to kill himself every time that he opened his mouth (laughs) in that show and that sort of like made me not like him as much because I don't know if Mm -hmm. he just wasn't taking it seriously or something yeah uh and I haven't seen him in anything else so maybe he maybe it's kind of like a um uh a, a Ben Affleck sort of situation where he wasn't in a good space when he was doing these roles kind of mm-hmm. like how ben affleck when he was doing batman and mm-hmm. then he's going to come back and he's going to be a lot better now and he's mm-hmm. going to start directing again like how ben affleck's doing and you know ben affleck just is another testament to actors moving to directing and working mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. uh with movies like argo and gone girl
0: mm-hmm. um
1: so so i i am excited to see it i'm not i'm a little hesitant just because i don't have the best relationship or appeal of michael b jordan but i i i, I hope that he can bring more to directing than I currently am seeing him in acting.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, I personally love Michael B. Jordan. He is great in the Creed movies. Um, He was excellent in Black Panther. He was really good in a movie called Fruit of All Station, which was also made by Ryan Coogler, uh, based on True Story, really good. Um, I didn't see just Mercy personally, but everyone I've talked to who did see it said that he did a good job in that film. So I really like him as an actor, I'm jealous of his body. Like it upsets me with just a great looking man he is and it's very quite aggravating. <laughs> but uh, I-, I do think that um, him stepping behind the camera is gonna be an interesting choice. And at least he's doing it in an IP that he's familiar with and has done twice. So that even it's, you know, the hard job of a director of like having to understand characters and motivations and story, at least he's in a world that he's played with before. So yeah, uh, um we'll, we'll see how it goes if he does decide to do that.
1: Excuse me for one moment, but I just want to say I completely forgot he was in Black Panther, and he <laughs> did really good in that movie. And now I feel bad yep. for saying that I don't no, like no, it. No, 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 he was really good in that movie.
0: No, you're good, you're good. It also just depends um, on what you see, right? Like it's kind of yeah, like the I, I haven't kinda, seen
1: Creed. So
0: gotcha, no, but it's it's kind of like the Robert Pattinson thing, you know? Like there's you know tons of people that like if all you know Robert Pattinson from is Twilight, then you're gonna be like oh i I really don't, I'm not really excited about his Batman, but then you're like, well, have you seen Lost City of Z? Have you seen The Lighthouse? Have you seen Rover? Have you seen Good Time? And you start naming all these movies, and then people are like, no, I haven't seen those, and it's like, give those a watch, and then give me your opinion on, you know, him as Batman, and you, you know, they quickly change, especially after that first trailer, but kinda yeah, you know, it's just kind of that thing that happens.
1: Kind of like, uh, just throwing another one, kind of like how people feel about Shia LaBeouf. 'Cause they know him. Oh, that guy yes. who talked bad about Harrison Ford and Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. But like, mm-hmm. did you see Honey Boy? Did you see uh Holes? I thought he was good in Holes.
0: He was very good. Mm-hmm. Transformers two, Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Transformers five, The Last Night.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, God. Transformers two is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But that that's a conversation for another day. It's the second
1: know. I mean it's the second best in the series, so
0: <laughs> my God, my God. Okay, moving on to the next story. And these um, last th- no, no, oh. you're good. Well what was it?
1: I'm three in a row right now for triggering. You. I know,
0: I know, I know. You just you have that button. Yeah. Uh these uh these last two stories are the juiciest ones, the ones I was really interested in to speak talking about. And uh that is this first was this first one I'm pulling from Variety, but it was reported by several different um outlets. Uh, apparently some streamers like netflix apple and amazon specifically went to mgm the people who produced the james bond film no time to die and they were like hey we want to buy no time to die and mgm was like "Mm, probably not gonna happen and then the services were like oh come on we'll we'll pay a lot we'll pay a lot and they're like oh yeah the conversation starts at 600 million dollars and they were like fine and they just like left so you know but i kind of wanted to break this decision down a little bit um first of all the fact that netflix even approached or like netflix amazon apple even approached mgm to buy james bond just goes to show you the crazy world that we're living in right now and how bad it can be for you know movie theaters and things of that nature um but thankfully mgm and the broccolis yes the producers of the james bond movies their last name is broccoli The broccolis have brains and they understand that not a good idea, but what, why, if you're wondering like 600 million, why like the 600 million tag? Well, if you look at a movie like Skyfall, Skyfall made $1.1 billion at the box office. And when you take out the cut for the theaters, which is about a third of that, when you take out the marketing expenses, when you take out the stuff that goes to the distribution, which, because MGM doesn't distribute, I think they only produce... The cut that MGM got was about $550, $600 million. So if they're going to sell James Bond, they're going to get that back, their usual profit that they're used to, because this film cost $250 million to make, which is insanity. But Yeah. yeah. So, of course, you can't sell it for anything less than that. So the fact that they were smart and stuck to the guns and they're like, all right, conversation starts here if you're even thinking about buying this movie. But it also goes to show that once movie theaters get through this hump, like once it gets through to where blockbusters are being released again, that things are going to be okay. Because these studios are still committed to theatrical releases unless these streaming services are willing to pay stupid price tags which is not likely. They're willing to pay up for movies that were gonna be released in theaters where there's movies like romantic comedies, like Borat Two, like things like that. <laughs> and which was amazing. And you know, just that kind of thing. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, MGM and the broccoli's kind of shutting down the streaming services about this and just, you know, what do you think about the fact that we live in a world where they had the guts to even go to MGM and say, we'd like to buy James Bond.
1: Okay. Uh, for, yeah. First, I'm really happy about that because, you know, we need movies and theaters because I want to go see movies and theaters because that's really fun. Uh, and so I'm, I'm happy that they turned down the whole streaming thing, especially with so many movies going to streaming and the movies that aren't going to streaming failing like new mutants, like tenant didn't fail, but it definitely didn't succeed. So um, I, I'm happy that they're sort of standing their ground because I could see a lot of studios seeing uh, the very low numbers of a lot of the new theater movies and sort of being like, "Oh well, we gotta go to streaming." But I like that they're sticking with their guns and that they know that you know that we'll eventually get over this and that you know hopefully it'll be back to you know more theatrical release than streaming movies. Um, I like you and like a lot of other people really like going to the theater and hope that that, you know, stays alive. Um, uh, I really hope that black widow gets released in theaters and doesn't go to Disney plus because that's going to be that, that will probably be one of the movies that pulls a lot of people back because they want to know what happens in the MCU.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm Yeah, and um, because like with the whole like putting movies on Disney Plus and just streaming services, you know, some like Disney recently announced that we even covered it on the show that their number one priority is now Disney Plus, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna put blockbusters on Disney Plus because they really blew the Mulan experiment badly. They they botched that so bad. Because like, here's the thing, were people upset that they had to be Disney Plus subscribers and pay $30 to get it? Yes. I understand you're upset, but I also understood Disney being like, listen, this movie cost $200 million, so we have to try to get this back. The problem is, they did not get nearly the numbers that they wanted. I read a source recently, it's not 100% reliable, so that's why I didn't make it like a topic, but because they had Borat, or streaming numbers for Borat and Mulan. and I think they're, they're called StreamBot or something, and they had Borat at 1.6 million viewers its first weekend and Mulan at 1.1, so it's like, that's a lot of people, but that translates roughly, If, if everyone who streamed that movie would have went to the theaters, that's like a $11 million opening weekend, but if you added the $30 price tag, then it's about a $33 million opening weekend, and it's like, that's still not what you needed for Mulan. Now, where Disney messed up, is then they put it on regular PVOD, for $30, and then Disney Plus subscribers were like, oh, so I could have just waited 60 days and paid $30 without signing up for Disney Plus. And then Disney was like, ah, that was a big mistake on our part, which is why they got smart with Soul, they're just putting on Disney Plus for free. Now, Soul is also an expensive movie, so that's gonna be a bite, but they also understand the amount of money and revenue they can make on a movie like Black Widow, no way it'll happen. That would be like financial suicide if they put Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. But each day that it's not in theaters, that possibility increases by small integers, which is scary. But um, I, I'm glad that MGM, like you said, stood their ground and was just like, yeah, you guys are crazy unless you want to give us a stupid amount of money. Like, it's kind of like uh, I have some really old vintage comic books. And every now and then some friends will come over and be like, oh, how much do you want for that comic? I'll be like, you know, $50,000. <laughs> and they're like, I obviously don't have $50,000. So I'm like, I realize that, but that's how much it would take for me to actually give this to you. Like, that's how important it is to me. And I think that in a much more serious and exaggerated version is MGM doing that to the streaming services. So I thought that was fascinating. And it does give me hope that, you know, movie the- that they're committed to the theatrical exhibition. So, yes. And... The final story, Chris, is probably what I'm gonna make the title of this video, so anyone who's watching who's never really watched before, this is why you clicked. You're welcome. Disney Plus, or Disney Marvel, are making a Moon Knight TV show, and according to all of the sources, they have finally cast Moon Knight, Mark Spector, and it is going to be Oscar Isaac. And it's going to be developed and written by Jeremy Slater, who is one of the developers of the Umbrella Academy TV series. So, Chris, I'll let you kind of take this one first. What are your thoughts on Oscar Isaac being cast as Moon Knight? Uh,
1: first, before I say that, I just got to say really, really excited for... Um, I, I forget the name of the person you said, but the person who was doing Umbrella Academy doing this. Yes. Because I personally really, really liked uh, Umbrella Academy. Oh, me too. Uh, I, I, I hope they bring because like superhero media is obviously the most popular media in the world right now, not just movies, but also, you know, there's a lot of shows and stuff and Disney plus is about to get a lot more of those with like WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier Uh, and then now Moon Knight. And I hope that they bring the thing that made Umbrella Academy great, which is that it was so different. It was so weird. And it was like taking the idea of like, it's a family of superheroes, but they all hate each other. And I hope they take that idea and bring it to Moon Knight uh, kind of like how they took Daredevil in the Netflix show and like made it like super real. Not to say that they should make Moon Knight super dark and bleak, but it should be like, it, it should be a different, it, it shouldn't be a normal superhero movie because Moon Knight is very weird.
0: Yeah, and and to that, you know, as you know, and people watching this, Moon Knight, and, but for those of you who don't know, Moon Knight is a character that is like a superhero basically with schizophrenia who has multiple personalities, which is something that we haven't really seen before. So just pretty much if in like a Spark Notes version picture if Batman had multiple personalities, and that's Moon Knight. And it's but that's a very basic comparison. But you you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be interesting to see and with a writer who's used to making a very unique kind of superhero type show, I think hopefully, that'll transfer quite well. And Marvel's very good at picking the people behind the scenes as to who's going to tell their stories. And with Kevin Feige now being in charge of Marvel TV, you know, he is going to be like, you better do this right. Or I will put the Marvel snipers on your ass so fast. So, you yeah, know, I think it's an excellent choice as well. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and Oscar Isaac, what an amazing choice.
1: Yeah, if, if they don't do a good job, they'll find a chopped off Beta Bill head in their bed.
0: <laughs> nice pull. Uh, nice yeah.
1: pull. Uh, or I could have just said Christian Bale. I mean, the same person um but anyway
0: <laughs> I see what you did there good speculation yeah. uh
1: but anyway about oscar isaac i completely dodged that question but i i don't i didn't really want to say a lot because i don't know a lot about oscar isaac i mean i only know him for two things and that's poe dameron and, and apocalypse and um if you know anything <laughs> about me uh, apocalypse is my least favorite x-men movie and it's one of my least favorite movies ever made and i feel like a big part of that is apocalypse uh and i hope they don't like do the cg costume i i know they're probably gonna do a real one because you know that's the whole point i mean if there's one thing green lantern taught us it's that you can't Mm -hmm. have a cg if if you make a movie and then somebody makes a movie making fun of your movie uh deadpool then you know you made a bad decision (laughs) so just don't make the don't make a cg costume make it a whole like the whole white thing Give him the, the the like crescent moon darts that he throws at people. That'll be awesome. Yeah. And like and um, if
0: if you are going to add CG to the costume, make it so that it's like enhancing the costume and not mm-hmm. the entire costume.
1: Yeah, like, it, like you could even do something. Because he has like a full face mask, right? Like Deadpool. Uh, you could do like the CG sort of mask, kind of like what they did with Deadpool. So that it looks like, so you can see his expressions through the face. Um I, I, again, I don't really have much to say about Oscar Isaac. I hope he does it because I might not have liked him as Apocalypse, but I do think Poe Damon was one of the better parts of the uh, sequel Star Wars movies. Um, yeah, and, so,
0: and, a, and as an actor, like he got his big break on the Coen brothers movie inside Llewyn Davis. He's been an ex machina. Like he's done, he was in a movie I love that all my friends hate, but I love called Annihilation. And he was, I thought he was excellent in that movie so I think it's a really good um, casting choice, but like we mentioned earlier, that's all you know going to change perspective on just what you've seen them in. But uh, I personally think that you won't be let down, Chris. I think he's going to do mm-hmm. a great job.
1: I need to see. I forget the movie it is, but it's uh, he's in it and he plays like a he has, he's like a singer or something like that, and he has a good yeah uh,
0: inside and Davis.
1: Inside Luan, that's the one I need to see because mm-hmm. I've heard that movie is amazing.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, All right, so for the movie news portion of the show, that's gonna be the end wrap of that. But ladies and gentlemen, now that I have Chris on the show, I want you guys to get to know him a little bit more better. That was not a good sentence. I really need to work on that. I promise I I write things. Uh, Anyway, uh, Chris, my first question for you, is just like, what aspect of filmmaking are you most interested in? And most, and like if you were going to pursue filmmaking, like what's the aspect of it that you would be most interested in pursuing yourself? What appeals to you most about this particular aspect of filmmaking?
1: Okay, the short answer is I really like writing. Uh, I don't consider myself a writer, though I do like to occasionally add little stories and stuff. Uh, and it's interesting because you said like your favorite aspect of film, but the thing is, I don't, and you might hate me for saying this, but I don't have an attachment to film in particular. I just like all forms of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And a big part of that is writing. So just, I I guess the simplest way of saying it would be just the idea of storytelling is what I love about it. I like how you can create multiple things. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because of how many Mm -hmm. things they pull into that movie. I just love that you can do so many different things in a story. Yeah, That that might-
0: you know, when you write, you're creating a world and you're literally, like, the creator and enabler of that entire world. And mm-hmm. c- people don't really understand, like, the power you have when you write something is this literally creation at its beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I can definitely see the appeal to that. And, you know, the, you know all the forms of, forms of storytelling, you know, you have animation, you have books, you have podcasts, not this kind of podcast, but there's podcasts, there's radio movies. So um, yes, in my, as you astutely pointed out, my particular one is with film. That's just my favorite avenue of storytelling, but I I like the perspective of you just like to write, and you're just attached to the overall idea of storytelling. It's very interesting to me.
1: Uh, And uh, I I guess that would be really all I have to say. Sorry that you were going to go on. I didn't really have much else to say there. I do like also directing. Um, I'm doing... Uh, I, I do theater right now, like class and it's like live theater. And that, you know, it's obviously different than filmmaking, but one of the things I'm doing is, um, there, there's a project you can do where you pick a scene from a play and you pick actors and you you pick costumes and sets and everything and you have to, you're the director basically, and you have to direct the whole scene and that's what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it thus far. Tomorrow's actually when I'm getting judged on it. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Nice, nice, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're gonna do great.
1: Yeah, I also love. Um, you know, I already said I love writing, and because uh, because another category that you can work on is playwriting, and I wrote a play mm-hmm. for it and everything, and I'm going to get that judged too. So, um, and and again, like I don't have a particular marriage to film, so I mm-hmm. you know also like to do live theater and everything like that. Just the just the perf- the art of
0: performance. Yeah, I, I guess mm-hmm. you could say you have no particular marriage story. Huh? uh Come on, say something so the camera can see your face.
1: (laughs) All right, that's, that one was, that one was, that one was, uh, I'd give it about a seven out of 10. I'd say that
0: much. Thank you, thank you very much. (laughs) All right, throw in this next question at you. Uh, While you're not particularly married to the idea of filmmaking as your avenue of storytelling, I do know that you love movies just from all the conversations I've had with you. So um, I guess my next question is just sim- would simply be you know I don't obviously look off camera to look at the questions that I prepare for it no. Uh, what movie or movies inspired your love of watching movies?
1: uh okay so first off i'm just gonna throw this one out there because i throw this one out there anytime people talk about if they they use the word favorite or good or most in a sentence and then movies in the same sentence i always have to talk about pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl because that is not only my favorite movie ever made that is one of the most important movies that i've ever seen uh it's really good obviously but it's like it's one of those movies that you always remember just knowing you know you know like people have people oftentimes feel that way about Star Wars. Like they always just know Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's never like, they, they they don't remember having a moment where that was a big reveal for them. That's kind of how I feel about Pirates of the Caribbean. It was just always a movie that I knew and loved and saw. And I'd watch it like every week. I um, My sister hated me because I always wanted to put that movie on. Um, it's
0: okay. She hates me too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she would... it it was it was just an interesting movie and like if i were to if if i were to rate like my favorite performances i think johnny depp would be up there as just jack sparrow i mean it's sort of the die hard effect where after die hard came out which is another movie that like i also love a great action movie but after die hard came out there were a lot of movies made that were just meant to be well it's it's just die hard but different uh i feel like there were a lot of characters made after pirates that were supposed to just be like oh it's jack sparrow he's quirky and he's weird but they never understood what made jack sparrow great um uh, another movie real, real quick this is just one because i i like a lot of different aspects of storytelling and film obviously but i really like comedy probably the most and one of the ones that has just always stuck with me and i and it's so funny because i haven't actually seen it until recently this movie just stuck with me on like a comedic level was the nice guys written by shane black
0: yes thank you and so much for saying that
1: yeah that that That's movie so was good. <laughs> that that movie was one of those movies that like I, I think i can only name like one other movie that like i watched and i was like actually taking notes because i was like this is how you write comedy it was mm-hmm. so funny mm-hmm. um and I I, just it,
0: just to uh, stroke my ego uh where did you possibly hear about what this movie was or how to watch it
1: oh uh, i have a friend who owns it and he showed me it
0: oh yeah is that what happened
1: yeah and then I, I oh there was also this podcast called the movie nights that 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 did a list of good movies and one of them was the nice guys and i was like yeah, oh there i you, like there you i like
0: bastard <laughs> i you. was
1: like i like iron man 3 i like lethal weapon <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: after that i was like yeah uh i think shane black is my favorite living filmmaker <laughs> I, awesome. I, th- I think he actually is because I love I love *Lethal Weapon* and he wrote mm-hmm. those. I need to see *The Predator* because I've heard that movie is garbage, but it's amazing.
0: I don't listen to anyone who says it's garbage. I like a handful of people on the planet love that Predator movie, and I'm one of them. It is so so Shane Black and so so good. But uh, yeah, but everyone else in the world hates it, so I get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, and also just going back to your thing about you know Johnny Depp and *Pirates of the Caribbean*. People forget Johnny Depp was nominated for an Oscar for that first movie because mm-hmm. his performance was so good. And uh, yeah, um, you, got, you got anything else you want to say before I move on to the next part?
1: Last movie, I'll be really quick about this one, was the anime film Your Name. Uh, I love that movie, obviously. Yes. I literally begged you to watch it because I yes. love it so much. It, it's just a, it's, To me, it is the perfect, uh, it's not only the perfect love story, but it's also just the perfect story like there, there's there's I, I can't find anything I don't like about that movie and it's just it's, it's the only movie that I've ever seen that I would say is perfect um mm-hmm. I, I know there are a lot of things that annoy you about it but I just love that and that's that's just sort of the movie that I watch it and it just makes me feel so happy to be alive
0: yeah no it's that like it's, no sorry go ahead
1: no no that's all I
0: want to say I was gonna say it's a great film and also I, I forgot to tell you this so I'm glad we're doing this now um my cinematographer and good buddy Kyler finally watched your name and he loved it so much that he called me the next day and said he saw weathering with you which i still have not seen so he hopped on that shit real quick and saw weathering with you so he loved it that much so it's getting a route. i my circle yeah. of friends are now starting to watch it because of you so thank you you,
1: you need to see uh, you need to see weathering with you because i think you'll like it more it's it's very i know. that's, that's similar. what i've heard it's very similar to your name uh, and a lot of people are like oh it's too similar to your name it's not good but like it's enough different that like i, I mean it's just a testament i'm not going to show you but like literally my screensaver is uh is one of the posters for weathering with you because i loved it so much
0: nice nice um, all right uh, going on to the next question um because like when people ask me for example like, oh, like what are movies you like? It's a difficult question because there are some movies I like just because I like watching that movie or I like the story of that movie. And Then there's some movies I like because every time I watch it, it makes me want to go make something. It makes me want to go make a movie every time I watch movie A or movie B. They have different impacts on me. So my question for you is, are there any particular films that inspired you to want to do things in the storytelling realm? Are there any movies where as soon as you watch it, you're like, yeah, I, I could do that. I could write a story. Uh, that, and then suddenly, like, the wall was broken down from, like, viewer to creator. Like, were there any movies that did that for you?
1: Yeah, uh, I just listed three of them. But sorry, I guess I kind of <laughs> misinterpreted your last question. That's, no, you're
0: good, you're good.
1: The that, Those three movies, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Nice Guys, and Your Name are usually the movies that I always say, like, those are the movies that make me want to become a, a filmmaker, but also the... Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are some other ones don't worry I'm not out uh like I also loved uh I, I, a lot of more recent movies like I loved Ford v Ferrari mm-hmm. and just that there are so many sequences in that movie like I still I still I have it on my movies anywhere and I just watch this clip back it's the one this one scene in Daytona in the middle mm-hmm. that whole sequence um I I love that. that that's probably one of my favorite scenes in any movie and just watching that scene I get so excited watching that. And I'm just like, I want to do that for someone else. I want to be able to create a scene that makes, like that feeling you get like in your stomach when it mm-hmm. feels like butterflies. That whole scene, that whole idea is just something I want to make. Um, and uh, another one, uh, another one really quick. Uh, th- this one I like just thought of, but uh, a movie like Get Out. Mm -hmm. that's another more recent uh, i'm mentioning a lot of more recent ones just because this this is the ones that i've seen more recently yeah Uh, i really like that movie because i'm not into horror a lot um but i do i I did dabble in it more recently and one of the first ones that got me into it was get out because i was like this is a really good story that is scary and i'm like that's a really cool idea is that you make a really good story that then scares you instead of making a movie that's scary?" that doesn't have a good story that's mm-hmm. why I don't like a lot of horror movies like um uh oh uh, great great movie here that oh this kind of leads into the same question the uh, 2018 truth or dare for that movie <laughs> that that movie is one of the ones where it's like this is everything you don't do and that's mm-hmm. why I like it
0: yeah <laughs> like yeah. I
1: watched that movie and I'm like this is what I shouldn't do so I know now what not to do
0: yeah. And trust uh, me there, each filmmaker and just people in storytelling will tell you like there are certain things that they like because of that reason of like, ah, that movie always holds a special place in my heart because it taught me what I shouldn't do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and there are other things like that. And real quick, I know this is meant to be movies, but can I quickly just throw out one show? Yeah, of That course. really inspired me. You're good. Uh, I, I believe I've talked to you about it. It's called Ruby.
0: Yes, you and, have, and um, it, was, it was made by
1: Rooster Teeth and the thing, I, I saw this like right when I was hitting the point like, you know, you have that point in your life when you realize you are really passionate about something and when I realized I was really into movies and storytelling and that kind of stuff was when I started seeing Ruby uh, and it's just such a it, it's such a good love letter because it's written, it was created by one person and it was his passion project and that's what I love about it and it was, and, and the thing that's always special about that movie to me is or that, that movie show thing but the thing that's always special about that show for me is that it is the first thing that ever got me to pick up a pencil and started writing because the thing about it is that it has a really interesting world that isn't explored well and so I was like I'm just gonna create some random characters and throw them into the world and then before I knew it I had like a five page story and I was like whoa I just actually wrote something and then from there I got into like writing a bunch of other stuff but that was the first thing that like I consciously created a story in my mind from that, so it always holds a special place in my heart for that.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing, and that's the that's the kind of shit I like to hear, as 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 that's the scientific way of putting it. Uh, so yeah, no, that was that was awesome. That was, I dare say, that was beautiful, Chris. So thank you for that. Um, next question: Are there any hidden gems that not enough people have seen that you recommend? What are movies that you have seen that you're tired of bringing up and someone and no one at the dinner table saying that they've seen them. What are those gems, Chris?
1: Okay. Uh, I I have three, uh, if you'll bear with me. I wish I could have, because I just, like, as we started talking, I realized this movie I wanted to talk about, uh, and I have a poster for it, and I wish I could go get it. Um, It's a movie that came out in 2018 called Robin Hood. (laughs) and i have talked to you about this movie yes yes you and to talk
0: to me about this
1: i I, and I don't know what it is about this movie there is something about this movie that like encapsulates me that nobody else does because i have a lot of people that have seen this movie and i've seen a lot of other like you know youtube critics and stuff talk about it and there is not a single person like, you know, you mentioned, oh, there's, you know, like seven people that like Predator. Oh, there's a few people that like King Arthur. There is not a single person I have ever met that has liked this movie. And it's it's strange to me. And it's like, <laughs> I don't get what it is about the movie. It's like, it's not awful. Like, it's very cliche. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Uh There are some, there's a really, really bad, like, like Alita Battle Angel level bads of romantic subplot. Um <laughs> But the thing that's great about it is it has some of the, like the best action in any movie because they they like they didn't do like quick cut bow oh like fires the arrow then sees the arrow flying and then flies into the wall no like they did like up close Taron Egerton learned how to shoot archery he like and they have like all these tricks. Like he shoots a guy through the mask, and then grabs his head, pulls it through the bars of a jail cell to grab his keys, opens the keys, pulls the arrow out, shoots another guy, flips off of a building down a ramp onto a wire, cuts the wire, and flies out of a building. Like he, and it's like all in one take too. It's like this. This is a bombastic that's, scene. That's, so just that's so all fun. you had
0: to tell me when you first brought the movie up, and I would have watched it the next day. So now then, I gotta order this on Prime. <laughs>
1: And then there's, I have I have it on Blu-ray if you want to borrow it. Um, I have it on movies anywhere, actually, if you, if you want to um, get the digital. But there's like a whole, <laughs> and then there's a whole scene where he jumps off of a building onto a hay truck and he's riding away and Jamie Foxx is driving. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is in the movie. I don't know if you know that. He's also really good. Uh, he's, like, driving away, and they're getting chased, and he's, like, what are we gonna do? And he, like, lights a match and sets gasoline on fire to block them and everything. It's just, like, this, there's just so many crazy, bombastic, amazing stunts in that movie that, like, I don't care if the story is pretty subpar. It's just really fun. <laughs> um, and then, sorry, awesome. I, I spent a lot of time talking about that because... Uh, no, a lot
0: of uh, nobody likes that movie thing is i could tell that it was like it was resting on your soul and you're like finally a chance to do this <laughs> and because just because the
1: thing the, and i will never i will never forget this for as long as i live but i was i was listening to people talk about that movie and they were like criticizing it and everything and i was like oh, it's fine whatever mm-hmm. and then the thing that always made me the thing that just made grinds my gears was when he <laughs> one of them was talking about they, they were talking about there's one scene where they're like fighting and they're doing like archery and stuff and he was like upset he's like you know that wouldn't happen you know you bring some swords to fight and everything and I and and I was kind of like yeah you know whatever you know that's a critique and then you know he's you know he, they're laughing and then he you ready this is this is my favorite thing that he said he goes trust me I know this like why they should have swords I know this I've played enough assassin's creed to know it <laughs> I will never forget that for as long as I live.
0: And was he saying it like ironically or was he like being for real?
1: Like I think he was meaning it for real. And the problem, the problem isn't that he said that. The problem is that he didn't take a second to go. I'm just meaning in terms of stage combat. I'm just meaning
0: that Mm -hmm.
1: if you are staging it, swords are more interesting. Mm -hmm. Not bows. He could have just said that and I would have been like whatever. But the fact that he was like, (laughs) I know for a fact that people in olden times were like Lord of the Rings characters. I know that, and I was like, "Oh god, that, that's just <laughs> one of those things." Sorry, I've taken forever talking no, about this no, movie, you, but that's just
0: you're good. Don't even worry about it.
1: That's just something that I heard, and I, I like. How do you how do you think that in your head? And <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, moving on. I have I have two more movies I want to talk about. One of yes, them, dude Todd, because Halloween. I want to talk about a horror movie. Uh, one of the ones that I don't hear get talked about it enough. Uh, it, it was a movie, another more recent movie called The Boy. Have you, heard, have you seen that movie? I haven't seen it, but I have heard of it. Okay, uh, it is, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty mediocre, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's kind of an average movie. The thing that's great about it is it has a really good twist. Um, it has, because if you've seen the trailers for that movie, you know what it's about. It's about like a haunted doll is haunting a girl, you know. But the thing is, that's not what the movie's about. I'm not going to spoil it because that's a really good twist, but that's not the thing about that's not what the movie's about, and it has a really good job of doing like a magician's trick where it's like this is what the movie's about, but this is actually what it's about. And it's sort of if you watch that movie a second time, you catch on to what's actually happening, and so it's really rewatchable. Um, yeah, and no, so I, and, I,
0: love, I love when movies can do that.
1: Uh, it, it, yeah, it, I, I love a good twist and everything. Um, you know, I, I also love the Sixth Sense, so obviously I love twists and. Um, it uh it, it just does that really well. You know, it's also really good. It's just a really good horror movie. It understands all that. It's a pretty, in the beginning, especially on your first time viewing, you're like, oh, this is just another, you know, bland movie. But then by the end, you're like, that was really interesting. It's it's a really interesting movie to rewatch because there's so many things that you start to catch on to upon second viewings. Uh, and it's another one of those movies that got me into horror movies because I didn't like them for a while. It was like that movie, Halloween, and Get Out, I guess would be like the the three movies that sort of, I watched and it was like, eh, horror movies can be good. I never thought that.
0: Uh. There you go. No, I mean, all, and all it takes is one, you know, because like, it's kind of like people who don't like roller coasters because they've never been on one. And then they go on a roller coaster and they're like, oh, that wasn't bad. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, see, they're, they can be not bad sometimes. And that doesn't mean that there are some roller coasters that suck because there certainly are and certainly mm-hmm. ones that'll make you throw up. But yeah, and, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. You didn't have to call me out like that, you know. Um, but, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. I, I
1: swear. Uh, to... <laughs> but anyway, last thing talking t- talking about magicians. Uh, the last movie I want to talk about is another movie about magicians called Now You See Me. Have you seen this movie?
0: I haven't, but my buddy Nick, who you've met, loves this movie. But I haven't yes. watched it. Uh,
1: it's true. Speaking to how they're they're um, unseen gems because you haven't seen any of them, and you watch everything, right? Uh, they don't call me
0: out like that. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, this movie is one of the great, it's one of my favorite movies just because it's so fun because it's about this idea of like magicians, like it's like a heist movie with magicians. And so like there's so many great sequences where it's kind of like the boy in it that there's a lot of things happening and by the end it tries to explain it all and you can go back and watch it and catch on to the little things that are happening and it makes it really rewatchable. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Like, like it's one of my dad's favorite movies, and he doesn't like any movies, and he just loves to rewatch that. um It's it's really fun. It it does a really good. It has a really good. The best thing I would say it had really good scenes. Like, there's this one scene where, if if you don't know, one of the main plot points is that they're magicians, and during one of their shows, they rob a bank, and then they get like arrested and called into questioning. And there's one scene where they're all getting questioned, and there's a great scene where with the like detective character who throughout the movie is trying to arrest them Uh, because they do like other like heist type things and he's trying to arrest them he's like talking to him about how like you know you're all smug and everything and like I'm gonna as soon as you break I'm gonna get under there and you know know everything you're doing and he's just sitting there like you know the thing is uh, magicians work on the audience expecting them to know everything so a- as close as you get to me as close as uh, and as much as you think you know about the situation I will always be one step six steps, seven steps ahead of you like this whole scene where he's just talking about how no matter what you do I will always be ahead of you and then he freaks out and like smashes the table and then he's holding handcuffs the magician and he like smacks it and then the handcuffs flip onto the detective's hands And then he's like, "Oh, how did that happen?" And he looks over and opens up this like can of soda, and the key like just falls out of the thing.
0: Uh,
1: And then and then he says, "What movie. And there's so many scenes like that where just like this constant misdirection. Mm -hmm. And there's a great scene where he um, and then afterwards he says one of the film's best lines, where he's like, "The first rule of magic: you always be the smartest guy in the room." Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that's like one of the third lines throughout. Uh, it's also got like really, really great performances. You know, that was Jesse Eisenberg. I should probably mm-hmm. just have said that. Like, there's Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, uh, Dave Franco, and uh, Isla Fisher are the four magicians. Okay, okay. And then um, uh, Mark Ruffalo is the detective trying to catch them. Oh, something.
0: gotcha, okay. Um,
1: and so, yeah, it's really good. The only problem I have with it is that it's, it, the thing that's great about it is it takes this idea of magic because there's another character in the movie, Morgan Freeman, who mm-hmm. lives off of, like, revealing how magicians do the tricks and like he makes shows about that and like shows okay. you what they do mm-hmm. um and that's like breaking the magician's code because if you don't know this this thing they talk about called the magician's code where you never reveal how you do your tricks mm-hmm. um and he sort of broke that so like all the other magicians around the world sort of don't like him because he does that um and he's constantly throughout trying to figure out what they're doing and like the police come to him and he explains how they do it all um and they and they have a constant they, they have a great way of them doing things that look impossible and then having morgan freeman explain it and then as the audience you're like oh i didn't think about that however there are sequences in the movie where they do things that shouldn't be possible and then they never explain it like there's one scene where <laughs> like, like i'll just say this, there's one scene where they jump off a building and turn into cards and they never explain it i think the, i think the implication was that there was some sort of like there were holograms or something i don't know yeah. but Like they just never, there's a lot of sequences where it's like really that like it suspends your disbelief too far, but it's super fun. If you don't think about it like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. So yes. Thank you for putting each of those films on my radar. Definitely things I must check out. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's where the real passion comes out is when just you're, you're trying to sell this movie that you had this great experience with to share with somebody else. And thank you. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, The last question, unless I come up with something sneaky, is, uh, and this is one I was the most excited to talk about because we're gonna share, obviously, some stories back and forth here, but uh, you and I, something that we both agree on is there is nothing quite like the theatrical movie going experience, especially in terms of just watching content. Um, Going to the movies is where I'm at my happiest, the movie theater specifically, and I, want just wanted to know you know in your lifetime what are some of your favorite theatrical movie going experiences
1: okay i i have one right off the bat that i gotta talk about and that was when i saw wonder woman in 2017 okay um i, I saw that it, first off it was one of the only movies i've seen in a pack theater okay. like there was literally everyone everywhere and we almost didn't have enough seats for everyone there okay, gotcha um and it was just a great experience because Uh, I believe you say the same thing about, was it X2? was the movie where people started clapping halfway through because mm-hmm. uh, that that's the, that's the same movie where it wasn't so much clapping it was the it was the no man's land sequence oh, where she oh, runs through the, it all and you said no man's land and i got chills like yeah, yeah and then yeah. It, the, you know we were all into it and then that final shot where she jumps on the thing and crashes into the tower mm-hmm. my entire theater started yelling like it was like end game big <laughs> oh, and, and so I,
0: awesome. I and
1: i was looking around because i was like 15 at the time i was looking yeah. around like oh i didn't know people did this yeah
0: um,
1: yeah uh, and then just some other ones real quick another one this actually was this year um, was when I saw The Gentleman I actually saw that movie mm. twice uh, yes. first time it was already fun I, just, I saw it with uh, with a friend of mine mm-hmm. uh, you know it was really funny you know we, and we still like make jokes in that movie because uh, yeah we, we have some inside jokes about that and it's but a great also, movie. yeah yeah uh, and then I saw it again because recently near me a Cinemark opened up And Mm -hmm. one of the things they did is that everyone in our neighborhood got free passes to come for, like, an opening party. We could see free movies and stuff to spread goodwill. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went there with a friend of mine and my dad. And, you know, my dad doesn't really like movies, but he was going to do it. And they had a couple movies showing, and one of them was The Gentleman. And um, my friend really wanted to see that. uh, And I'd already seen it. And I was like, yeah, it's good. We can watch it. Uh, And my dad was kind of, you know, a little hesitant about it uh because I had talked to him about you know what it's about after I'd seen it originally uh and we watched it and you know I obviously loved it my friend like really loved it and you know she was uh she was a big fan we were laughing about it but my dad I love it because he 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 still says this he went into that movie being like oh this is gonna be so boring and he's like and then he left it being like that was one of my favorite movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so it is so good. It's so fun to hear him talk about that movie because he—he's one of those people that doesn't really like movies and you know he doesn't—he's not passionate about it or anything. But just hearing him, and that was sort of the movie because from that point on he started watching more other movies, uh, because he and it was that same movie and Jojo Rabbit because he didn't want to see Jojo mm. Rabbit with me, uh, and he said he'd really like that movie. So he was—he—he he came out of that movie and was like, "I'm gonna stop sort of passing judgment on movies that I haven't seen." Uh, and it was because of that that we launched La La Land with him, and mm-hmm. we watched uh, Marriage Story and a bunch of other movies that he said he didn't want to watch. But he was like, "I'll give him, you know, I'll give him a chance." Um, and so, j- just the fact that now my father will watch more movies with me that he yeah. wouldn't usually because of that experience is amazing.
0: We got one. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So, and please continue. Like, there's no time limit on this. Like, I, I want to hear about all these experiences. Um,
1: there there weren't a lot of other ones. Obviously, I could talk about Endgame because, you know, everyone yeah, had a great yeah. experience with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there isn't many other ones. The only other one that I can really think of right now is another one that came out this year, surprisingly, was um, was when I saw Weathering With You.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I saw that with two other people in the theater. Interesting. And it was funny because I recognized both of them because they both went to my school and we were kind of the same age. They were, they're like those people you pass by in the hall, but you don't know anything about them. Yeah. Uh, And we actually like halfway through, like we started talking, and I kind of moved to sit next to them, and we like just watched the movie together. And like I haven't talked to them in a while, but like just that moment where you like these two strangers that I don't really know, we just start talking, and like because we were the only people in the theater, and just enjoying this movie because they'd also seen Your Name, they loved it. Um, You know, that's great. Uh, Oh, a more recent one uh, when I saw this is another one of those classics because you know they bring classic back when I saw Raiders in theaters because mm. um, I, I forgot to mention when we talked about influential films I love Raiders of the Lost Ark because that's my, one of my favorite action movies and just amazing movie overall um, Indiana Jones is one of my favorite movie characters to ever exist um, but when I saw that movie uh, like you, you know you see a movie a thousand times and then you watch it in theaters and then you catch things you don't catch and that was the, mm-hmm. the thing that was great about it like i caught on to so many things that i didn't catch when i've seen i've seen raiders like a thousand times mm-hmm. but like watching it in theaters there were so many things that i noticed that i didn't notice before like um like, like one of the things just for instance i didn't i didn't know that belloc was french i always thought that he was just a german nazi yeah and i, and I thought like oh that's an interesting character thing because he's like not a nazi so he's not affiliated mm-hmm. with them he just wants mm-hmm. you know to find artifacts yeah that makes him interesting mm-hmm. um yeah, that was that was good. Uh, the only other one I can think of right now was I forgot it, and oh yeah, it was the the last one I'll talk about was when I saw How to Train Your Dragon, which is another one of my favorite movies because that was actually the first movie I ever saw in an IMAX theater.
0: Nice, and nice.
1: um, and I just remember being blown away by it and just the you know the dragons and so cool. And I was like, I think ten or eleven at the time, so. It, you know, captures the mind of a young kid like that.
0: Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. And uh, in terms of some of my favorite movie-going experiences, uh, I'll bring up the first IMAX movie I ever saw. The first movie I ever saw in the IMAX was *The Dark Knight. and just how lucky that that happened to be the one. And I because I, I remember my cousin was taking me because uh, I was. 12 years old when that movie came out and my cousin was taking me because I I, we lived uh, my cousin lived in Ohio at the time well he still does and uh, I was visiting him and I was like pretty much wouldn't shut the hell up the whole day before about wanting to go see this movie because it was the opening weekend and he was like hey let's go tomorrow just you and me and I was like all right great and like from where we came from we grew up in like smaller towns so like waiting in line for a movie or like being sold out of a movie was like unspoken territory to us so we show up at this theater, I believe it was in Madison, Ohio, and like packed lines, like outside the door. And this is really before reserved seating. And we were like, oh no, like we might not we might not see this. And he's worried because I'm a kid. And he's like, this kid's gonna cry on the way home if we don't watch this movie. You know, so he's like really worried. He's like, I gotta get these tickets. And the IMAX theater did have reserved seating. So he's like, IMAX, um, what seats do you guys have? And they had two in the very back row because people had just canceled. And he was like, "Yes." And so we got those. And my first IMAX experience was in the back row watching The Dark Knight. So 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 amazing. Yeah. Like I I remember when the Joker did that pencil trick. Like the entire audience, it was like someone just got burned in a rap battle. Everyone was just like, "Ooh!" <laughs> when it happened, it was so so cool. Um. The first movie where people, or I recall people just clapping at all, it was at the, like, clapping at the credits of a movie, was the first time I saw Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man when I was, like, six years old. People clapped. And I hadn't been to many movies at that point. But I remembered it because the next movie I saw where people clapped, I was like, oh, yeah, they did this in Spider-Man, which was years later. But the first movie I saw where people, like, during the movie did something as you mentioned before was the following year when x2 came out and Wolverine stabbed that guy through the fridge my place went freaking ballistic when that happened it was so awesome um the first avengers movie was pretty like insane like i just remember thinking like this is everything i've ever wanted and i never knew it was possible and here i am i'm oh my god like just Like, I zoned out, like, the first half of the movie because I just couldn't believe this was a real situation I was in. And that was so good. And just everything about that movie. Um, I cry a lot at the movies. I cried really hard during La La Land when I first saw it. I cried really hard during Logan, infamously. I bawled my eyes out. I cried during Toy Story 3. And I just saw it with my mom. Like, it was just me and my mom. And I, like, cried so hard during that movie. Um, and then I also took my mom to see Toy Story 4 and she cried, but I did and it was like, oh, haha, my, the turn tables on you. And, um, uh, I remember seeing, I mean, obviously uh, Infinity War, Endgame, those were crazy, but I think in recent memory, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the last half hour, people were going nuts. And honestly, in 2018, Creed 2 During the final boxing match, my whole, it was like we were watching a UFC fight. Like my whole theater was just in it. And I was like, dang, like, and the thing is, Creed Two is really good, but it's not as good as Creed One. So like I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, this is really entertaining. This is a good movie. And then Creed knocks down his opponent and like people stood up like, yeah, like cheering. And I'm like, oh shit, this just got really fun. So I was with a buddy and we were just like eating up the atmosphere. Yeah. It was so much fun, but uh, you look like you wanted to say something when I mentioned Toy Story three, so I want to yeah, hear what you I, to say. I just really
1: want to quick talk about my experience seeing that for the first time because mm-hmm. uh, when did Toy Story three come out? Because I don't remember how old I was. I think doing... it was
0: like two thousand ten. Two
1: thousand ten. I like think I, I think I was like I had to be like twelve or eleven at that time, and I just remember watching that movie, and I didn't cry and I wasn't sad because <laughs> this is gonna be a really bad confession, but I was. T- terrified watching that movie not uh, just just because i and still to this day i am so like like it's one of those things where like you're afraid of something as a kid and it's so like irrational but you still are afraid of it because of how it made you feel Mm -hmm. i'm just so afraid of Lotso, the little bear that guy terrified me (laughs) just because so funny not, not for two reasons first off as a kid i don't know what it is and even to this day i just hate mind control subplots so when they mind control Buzz Lightyear I'm I was literally like covering my eyes because I was terrified I just hate that subplot Uh, and just that one line I forget what he says but it's that one line when Buzz goes to meet all the other toys and everything and they like ambush him and Lotso's being all nice and then he's like I think he says something like to the effect of like they want to leave or something and he just like instantly turns on and is like this diabolical person and I just remember or like that one scene oh my god that one scene when he takes the baby's necklace and like throws in the trash and it's like we were just trash to her I was like oh my god is this how my toys feel I feel so bad right now <laughs> oh,
0: my oh my god, god. and uh, one last one I'll throw in is uh I remember being 2005 I was nine when revenge of the sith came out and i remember crying so hard when obi-wan was like you were the chosen one because like at it, when i was a kid i didn't know what bad dialogue was so i was just like this is sad <laughs> and, and i that like i I remember like being because i was with my dad my dad loves stars i was with him and i remember because like, my dad like never talks during movies ever and when Anakin jumped and him and Obi Wan started fighting, my dad—I'm nine years old. My dad grabbed my shoulder and went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> when they started fighting, and like I, I like vividly remember that because like he never talks during movies, and when that happened, I was like, "Oh, what just happened?" It was so 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 fun. Mm-hmm. I think
1: there's—I um, think it's another one that's leaving me, but um, but that's not really important. Uh, oh. The only other one I can think of, sorry, this is another one off the top of my yeah, head because I mentioned good. anime movies. There was a movie that came out this year um, called My Hero Academia Heroes Rising. Um, and if you couldn't tell, I like love anime. And so, and
0: I love-, I love No, shocker. I, yeah. I can't believe it.
1: Uh, I, I love, I literally, I literally, here, I'll show you if you don't mind. I literally have, from from My Hero Academia, I have literally a Deku pop. <laughs> nice. And uh, so I just saw that and that reminded me. Um <laughs> if you don't know, a lot of a lot of the big thing about anime is very over exaggerated and there's a lot of yelling and there's a lot of screaming and there's a lot of big explosions. And that was really present in this movie. And I just remember watching that with my mom, who knows nothing about anime. And she was she actually really liked it. Um I I love I, I you know, it's kind of an insult when you go see movies with your mom, but I love seeing it because she just is she's she's as excited as me and i'm mm. one of those people where once you get out of a movie i just have to talk for like an hour about oh, it same
0: same i'm the exact same way hannah and, and hates and, it
1: <laughs> yeah and and my mom actually does that too she like actually wants to talk about it and that's weird because and, and it's actually the the funniest thing is that whenever we leave a movie i always like to give it like a score she mm. likes to do the same thing
0: yeah um, same because like well I, sh- I should clarify hannah used to hate it and then now when we see movies she's the one who starts the conversation and i'm just like oh, i knew i chose the right one but yeah it's uh it's it's funny because like i could never like picture being the type of people who see a movie and then just don't talk about it like how 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 do you function like I there's, I there's no way i'd be able to do that like there's no way
1: uh and sorry this is the last thing i'll talk about this isn't a theater experience but i just remember this as a childhood thing every year at christmas We would always get around the couch, get around the TV, and watch Christmas Vacation. Uh, So much so that I actually, until like two years ago, didn't know that there was an actual vacation movie. I thought there was just Christmas Vacation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Christmas Vacation, Um, I think, is the third one.
1: (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought there was just, (laughs) I'll learn all kinds of things today. But um, (laughs) thinking about Christmas Vacation, whenever we'd watch that as a family, there's that one scene, I just love it because I always remembered this as a kid, was, I don't know how my dad did this, but he always found the perfect way to do this, which is that we'd always watch Christmas Vacation and then there'd be that scene at the end when he gets the check and it's like the jelly of the month club and that joke. Mm -hmm. And then he goes over to his like living room. He's like, you know what? If you could give me one present, it would be my boss here with a big red bow on his head so that I could tell him. And then, you know, he goes into the whole thing where he's screaming all the curses and stuff. And uh, my dad would always right as soon as he said that would mute the screen and so we literally just see chevy chase just <laughs> <laughs> on screen and we couldn't hear anything and then he always found the perfect time to unmute it right as soon as he goes where's the tylenol so the joke <laughs> the joke around our house would be whenever we get mad we just start going like yelling but we're not actually yeah. saying anything yeah. and then just end with where's the tylenol whenever we oh were my mad. god
0: that is so funny i did not know that dude that's hilarious yeah. and, and it wasn't
1: until like two i think it was two years ago when we watched christmas vacation again he actually didn't m- unmute it this time and i was like wow i'm glad i didn't hear all those words when i was like six
0: yeah. it's like wow i'm old enough this is a great day <laughs>
1: yeah and he <laughs> yeah i think everyone has that moment when they grow up and like they see yeah. r-rated movies or something mm-hmm. and they're like wow i, I can actually watch this
0: mm-hmm. like, yeah that, like, I-
1: that was when when I saw Joker in theaters, I was like, I am allowed to watch this. <laughs> that, that was another great experience because I just remember seeing that with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the same friend I saw The Gentleman with. So we kind of have running jokes like this. Mm-hmm. And he, um, I just remember when Joker has that line when he shoots, um, oh, spoilers, when he shoots uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. I just remember, you know, that it was like his like final joke and everything. I just remember he shoots him and everyone was quiet. And then my friend leans over and goes, that was the best joke in the whole movie.
0: oh my god that's awesome that's awesome so Mm -hmm. i do have a surprise question for you that's just because that's just because you know i love having my ego stroked what is your favorite movie nights short film
1: short film i really liked contrition uh i i've only i've seen a couple i've seen i've obviously you showed us um uh, no more safe haven I saw long hard day I saw a lot of the skits the little mm-hmm. shorter ones Um excited to see the local um, but yeah I'd probably have to say contrition because um, I, when, when I watched the thing is when I watched like long hard day and when I watched uh, no more safe haven more so in long hard day I kind of felt like it was uh it, it like you could tell it was kind of like an amateur filmmaker and like yes. that i don't mean that as like an insult oh,
0: like no you're good i still am you can tell don't that worry. <laughs> don't worry you're good. Uh,
1: but <laughs> when i watched contrition that was one of the only movies where like i could see this being like an actual feature film uh and like just just because it, it wasn't just that oh it was like oh good you know effort it was like it actually had interesting things and like interesting camera angles and subversions and this flips this way and this like shot and like like it actually had good like filmmaking tech underneath the like amateur appeal
0: gotcha mm-hmm. interesting see i have to take these notes so i can apply them to my future projects mm-hmm. so thank you and uh yeah um that's gonna pretty much wrap up today's show chris thank you so so much for joining us and i hopefully at some point in the future i can have you back on again yeah and uh I you need really- to
1: um Oh, uh, sorry. You need to do the um the the two thousands reviews again. You stopped doing that. I know. I
0: know. I know. I need to. I need to get back mm-hmm. on that. Those that were That
1: or um or or the the made up. What did you call it? The R Oscars or something? Where you made your own Oscar nominations?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll probably end up doing that. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. That'll be really fun. But yes. Oh.
1: Uh, last thing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm you're saying good. So much right here. But last thing. Uh, I, I know you're not, you're not really doing many uh, franchise spotlights because you, um, you know, you're doing the local and moving and everything. So mm-hmm. I understand that. But throwing it out there, if you want to do another one, you could do the Pirates franchise. We could. yeah, Because I, right. uh, I just rewatched all those movies. Mm. And there are three good ones and two that are very,
0: very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, actually, I actually haven't seen those two. I've only seen the first three so you it'd be interesting in <laughs> it'd be interesting to go I, and watch them I, for the first time
1: my, my, my favorite thing so this is just if, if you'll throw this in with theater experiences I remember seeing the fifth one in theaters because it came out in 2017 I remember seeing that and then um, uh, and, and then I was leaving the theater and I remember my one thought was because I went to this movie and I was really excited because I was like oh Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley are going to be back and then as I was leaving that with, like, uh, like Hannah and some, some of her friends and, and uh, other people, I remember leaving. And my one takeaway was, you know, when I saw this movie, I was promised that Karen Knightley and Orlando Bloom was going to be in this. See him twice.
0: <laughs> Gotta love it. Got to love that when that happens.
1: Anyway, I'll, I'll shut my mouth now
0: no dude you're good you're good man, i really really appreciated having you on the show i'm definitely going to have you on again at some point thank you so much for being a fan and thank you so much for stopping by to give your thoughts on everything
1: thank you for having me
0: of course of course and uh that's all we have for today's show guys and uh we'll see you next time